Welcome back to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast presented by Sib Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar, and today with me, I have my co-host, Jack Vandemotter. Welcome back to the show, Jack. Thank you. New year, baby. Yeah, so this is officially the first episode of our second year of doing this podcast, and we put out a tweet and an Instagram picture yesterday just with a bunch of pictures and highlights from just us podcasting and doing interviews, and just wanted to say that we're super grateful for all of you guys and your continual support, and that we're really excited for another year. Absolutely. I didn't think we'd be here at this point last year. I think yesterday was our official one-year anniversary since we put the podcast out, and uh, I couldn't be happier with the support and love that we've received from the community. So thank you, guys. Thank you all, guys. It's awesome. So today we're just going to do a simple Cleveland sports update, kind of go back to the roots of how we started. So Jack, do you want to get started with this? Yeah, so we've had a a few things happen as far as sports go these days. Um, David Njoku officially requested a trade after signing with a new agent, Drew Rosenhaus, just over a week ago. So what do you what do you make of that? Yeah, so some people could say this is a surprise, and others uh, could say it's not a surprise. One of the first things I thought when the Browns drafted rookie Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic University, I, I texted Jack and I just said Njoku, because I thought maybe Njoku was on his way out. But then I realized, especially after watching the draft and seeing Stephen uh, Kevin Stefanski's reaction to getting Harrison Bryant that he just wanted another tight end and that he loves using tight ends so I'm like oh okay and Joku's here to stay and then the Browns back that up by picking up his fifth year option Jack yeah I gotta say I was kind of surprised I'm, I'm on more on the side of the surprised side when it comes to like this trade request because there was like it wasn't that long ago before he signed with this new agent that he was like excited he put out a tweet I think saying like he's ready for the competition um, I think that got retweeted yeah. by uh, freezing cold takes on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and to me- to mention too, he was down in Austin with Baker and a bunch of the other teammates a couple weekends ago, going over the new playbook and everything. Yeah, so like, I I don't think there's any coincidence that he signs with this new agent. And Drew Rosenhaus represents a lot of guys around the league, most notably that whole saga with Antonio Brown and the Steelers when he requested a trade. Um, that that was Drew Rosenhaus. They've since parted ways, but. He's, he has a reputation for getting doing what's best for his clients and not really caring about the team. Yeah, I mean, he also has a reputation for taking care of some edgy players, also like Tyreek Hill. Yeah. But he was the one who dropped Antonio Brown. The guy knows what he's doing, and he, he's all about the business, but sometimes it's just not great for teams when it's all about the business, like the Browns and with the David Njoku situation. For those of you who don't know, Drew Rosenhaus was also the agent of Duke Johnson last year, who did basically the same thing during training camp, but the Browns kept him in the trading camp and then ended up trading him to the Texans. So to that point, do you think the Browns trade him? What What's Njoku's outlook right now? So I'm just going to say that I think the Browns will trade David Njoku. I don't think they want to trade David Njoku. I think they like him a lot, and I think that they really want him to be part of the plans, but ultimately... I think that Njoku and Rosenhaus will force their way out of Cleveland, just like they did uh, when Duke Johnson was represented by Drew Rosenhaus last year. Yeah, I I disagree. I mean, there's a very real possibility that it happens because Njoku's not a, vi- a vital part of this Browns team. Like, they can trade him and still be completely fine without him, especially that they just because they just signed Hooper and drafted Harrison Bryant. 
However, I just don't think that the return that they can get for Njoku is going to be worth it because most people think and value him at about a fourth or fifth round pick. And for a guy who was a late first just a few years ago and still has a ton of potential, he's and not like so, a complete bust, right? And so much athleticism to put I just on top don't, of that, too. Right, and I don't think you could trade him for a fourth. Yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I personally wouldn't want to trade him straight up for a fourth or a fifth. I think that maybe if Andrew Barry pulls a little magic out and can bundle him with a first or second rounder and go out and get a really good player, or even a third rounder, too, and then you can up his trade value, obviously, because you're throwing in a pick with that, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know enough about, like, who's on the block right now as far as... I mean, I, you know, Yannick Ngakwe has been brought up a lot. I know Field Yates put out a tweet, who is just some ESPN reporter, and it really means nothing, but he put out a tweet, like, Njoku in a second for Yannick Ngakwe, who is the defensive end for the Jaguars. But seeing that they just restructured Vernon's contract, I think the Browns seem to be sticking with Vernon right now. Yeah, so do you want to talk a little bit more about Vernon? Yeah, so Olivier Vernon and the Browns just agreed to a contract restructure. It gives the Browns a little bit more cap space. Um, he was due $15.25 million in 2020. It was unguaranteed until a week before the season, but now he's uh, only guaranteed $11 million with a $7 million signing bonus and $3.75 million base salary. Um, a $250,000 workout bonus, and a $2 million in incentives. So he still has a lot of opportunity to make money. It's just a little bit less. Yeah, um, and, who, and who can say they make $11 million a year? The, guy, the guy's living life. Right. But, I mean, this is a great deal for both sides. It gives the, Brown, the Browns, obviously, more leverage with whatever they want to do with this money, whether it's saving it for a future extension, whether it's using it on another player for free agency and going and picking up someone, or whether it's using it during the trade deadline to go grab a player. The Browns haven't even been relevant during the trade deadline, so it could be fun this year. But I, I, I really like this because it shows that both the Browns and Vernon are committed to each other. Right. When Vernon and Garrett were on the field together last year, they, they wrecked havoc. The problem was just staying healthy with Vernon and Miles in the sus- suspension. So I really like this, and I mean, I, I think it's great for Vernon because the Browns were probably going to cut him, and he would have made $0. Now he has $11 million guaranteed, and he has a bunch of incentives, so he's going to want to be on the field even if he's hurt. He's going to want to play to his full potential. So I just think this is great for both sides. I, I really love it, Jack. Yeah, I think this is a smart move for Vernon because, like you said, I mean, with all the rumors about Clowney and Griffin and potentially trading for a guy or like Ngakwe, right, that it was very possible he was going to get cut. So I think this is really smart for Vernon. And it also shows that, like you said, he's committed to the Browns and is willing to work with the team, which I love And that the Browns are committed to him. And and that definitely gives him that peace of mind knowing that the Browns aren't going to move on from him after hearing and seeing all these continual rumors this whole summer. Right, and to that point, you know, I think this pretty much uh, puts out the fire for any rumors about Clowney coming here or anyone else because, I mean, I just don't see them giving Clowney some big deal and then still cutting Vernon after doing all this work to restructure his contract. Yeah, I, I don't see Jadavion Clowney coming here anymore. I mean, I, I it just it, it doesn't make sense. And the Browns have $38.7 million in cap space now. That leads the NFL. They can go out and fill some other spots of need. Maybe go trade for a good linebacker. Use David Njoku and some picks to go grab someone. I'm not saying anyone in specific. I'm not saying it's going to be David Njoku. But now we have money to go fill those needs. And with Vernon and Miles Garrett, and now you have Adrian Claiborne and Chad Thomas, defensive ends not looking at like as big of a need as it is now. Yeah, I mean, and like you, like I think we put out a tweet, and you 
mentioned in one of the pictures, Jamal Adams, who is really, the talks have been cooling down, but like, we have all this cap space now, we can kind of look a different direction other than our knees right now and just really bolster the roster any way we feel necessary. So I, I, I like this move, um, and there, I think that's enough said. Yeah, I, the Browns did a great thing with Vernon, and let's move on to more contract stuff with Cleveland sports teams, but this time around the Cavs. Yeah, so Andre Drummond unsurprisingly said he would pick up his player option, put gives another him another gear with the Cavs for $28.7 million a year. Like I said, it's a little unsurprising because that's a pretty solid deal. Um, and it's also good to sh- see that uh, Andre Drummond at least likes Cleveland and has been supported. Yeah, no, so when he came in, we got him at the trade deadline for very cheap, which was surprising. He said he really liked it in the games that he played. I know he didn't play a lot just because of the whole coronavirus and just the NBA ending early, but he liked it. And like you said, it is unsurprising because he wouldn't have gotten $28 million on the market now, especially with how uh, teams are just going to ha- kind of have to cut back on payroll with corona and all these financial losses due to it. So, I mean, this is great for Andre Drummond. And it's also good for the Cavs because it gives them a seasoned veteran who is all-star caliber. And it gives someone who can destroy other teams on bo- on the boards and wreak havoc there. So I really like Andre Drummond there. And maybe with him staying, the Cavs could eventually sign him to a longer extension if they do see him fitting in the, with the window and the group well and they see him in the future with the Cavs. Yeah, I think Andre Drummond will absolutely be with the Cavs in the future because Tristan Thompson's a free agent after this season. Mm-hmm. That clears up a lot of space, and it's going to make create a need. I don't see the Cavs bringing back Thompson, and I think it's going to create a need for a big man. Um, and then additionally, when speaking on big men, um, in the draft, the Cavs said they're not looking for a guard. So it's very possible that you pair Andre Drummond with one of these uh, guys like James Wiseman, Obi Toppin, or a shooting guard that you like, or excuse me, shooting a small forward that you like, and uh, have that front court locked down. So in addition to also having Drummond, you have Larry Nance, who we just signed to an extension, and Kevin Love, who's on that monster deal. So the Cavs already have a pretty stacked front court, and they do want to go add someone, like you said, Jack, like a James Wiseman or, or an Obi Toppin. Toppin. So... The Cavs are going to have a really good front court in the future, especially with Drummond staying, and especially if you could go get someone like Wiseman, which would be really, really exciting. Yeah, and the Cavs also just signed Jordan Bell, who used to play for the Warriors. I know it's kind of a, a low-key signing, but he was actually pretty good his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And that could be interesting to see if he could uh, or what impact continue. he'll make. Right, exactly. right yeah. yeah. And I think it's—I don't think it's surprising that the Cavs said they are not looking for a guard. Because we do have Darius Garland and Colin Sexton and Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. But in the draft, you never know what's going to happen. And there's players that if they follow you, you just can't pass them up. And maybe that's Anthony Edwards or yeah. LaMelo Ball. Who knows? But sometimes I, I, I just, I'm saying I can't rule it out. I can't rule out the Cavs not taking a guard. But I, I do like to see that they're focusing on getting a big man like Wiseman. Yeah, and I'm not reading super into this. A report that the Cavs are not looking for a guard. I mean, like you said, it's it makes sense that they wouldn't be because of uh-huh. Sexton and Garland, but like you said, I mean, until we know the draft order and what it's really going to look like, this is all speculation. If you're sitting there and we get, let's say we get three or four and your two top targets, or James Wiseman, for example, is off the board and Anthony Edwards is sitting there at three, it's going to be pretty hard to pass him up, even though you, you have those guys, like you mentioned, Sexton, Garland, and Porter Jr. Exactly, Jack. So... 
You want to move on to our next Cleveland sport? Yeah, so the Cleveland Indians, who have had quite a bit of drama here, not Along only with, with the MLB. Yeah, not only with uh, coronavirus and the whole MLB situation, which is looking like a dumpster fire, or was looking like a dumpster fire, but you also have a potential name change with the whole Redskins changing their name. The Indians kind of followed suit and put out a statement and said they're at least going to consider it. It didn't seem like as set in stone as the Redskins. Like, they're definitely changing mm-hmm. it. I don't know what the Indians are, are thinking right now, but what do you make of all this this news? All right, so let's just start with COVID. There's been a lot of drama recently, especially yesterday with COVID. Let's start off with not drama, with some serious stuff. Delano DeShields did test positive. He was one of the 66 players in the MLB that did. But thank the Lord, he is healthy, and he will be returning tomorrow. So that will be good. He can make a potential impact in this outfield this year. Great defender. He's great on the bases. And he's good with the bat, too. And if he can get that bat working even well, I can see him take one of those starting spots in the outfield. And the other situation, Jack, was Franmil Reyes. Yeah, so Franmil Reyes was spotted at a 4th of July party without a mask. On his social media. Right, and it doesn't seem, it's it doesn't sound like it's a huge deal. They're just being precautionary, so they kind of held them back a little bit until he, he was, like, cleared and... And tested negative. Right, tested negative, exactly. So everything's looking fine with that, but it is a little bit of a hiccup in the road. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's just not what you want to see. You want right. You want to see that your guys are dedicated because they are being given this chance to go back and play baseball. And it's not a huge deal. Like you said, Jack, we are all at 4th of July parties. The guy's human. Like, you can't stop him from going to a party. But he was back at Progressive today. Uh, There's a video of him just hitting this absolute bomb into the bleachers. And I'm just really excited to see Fran Meal come back because he tore it up in spring training. He was doing awesome. Yeah, last thing, going back to Delano DeShields really quick in that outfield it looks like Naquin's going to be back. He's feeling good. He said he's 100%. And Naquin getting... I know outfield has been such a, a area and position of concern for the Indians last year or two. Um, so getting Naquin back, uh, Delano DeShields healthy and, and safe from COVID, along with the other additions that we've made in young stars like Mercado. Um, I think that this off, this outfield actually has a little promise this year. Yeah, so the outfield is loaded this year just with a ton of players. One of the players that I think a lot of people are forgetting about is Domingo Santana. We signed him during spring training, and I, I mean he re- like we rarely got to play, obviously. And he's going to have a chance to take that starting right field spot. But also comes back Naquin, who's a career 270 hitter with over 90 career home runs. Naquin's good. He can get on base. He had that awesome rookie season. And I'm, I'm really excited to see him back. He's really good against righties. And he's also good in the outfield. He has a fantastic arm, and he makes some really nice catches. But then you have so many other people in the outfield, like Jake Bowers, who the Indians just like love. And then you have Greg Allen. You have Jordan Luplo. So... The Indians have a lot of options to pick from. And another person talking about people coming back healthy is Bradley Zimmer, Mm -hmm. who was formerly a top prospect for the Indians. So it will be exciting to see how this all works out with the Indians outfield. And Delano is someone that's going to help out a lot, and Nate is someone that could also help back a lot. Yeah, so moving to a different position, the pitching staff, will they be ready? I know that MLB announced uh, that they're going to come back, and the Indians have their first game July 24th against the Kansas City Royals. Will uh, will the pitchers be ready to go? Yeah, so the delay did help the Indians in one way. Mike Clevenger tore his meniscus in spring training, and he was working so hard to get back anyways. But having this time off has allowed him to come back to full health. 
and be ready. The thing that worries me is, yes, these guys have been all practicing and keeping their arms loose and keeping their arms strong, but you can only do so much when you're not in season. So I think the Indians, especially Terry Frantona, they're so good with their pitchers that the pitchers are not going to pitch a lot off the bat. Like They're not going to start and pitch a lot off the start. They'll throw 60, 70 pitches, and then you'll see the bullpen. A lot of these beginning games are just going to be bullpen games. And then as the season goes on, pitchers will start pitching more. And the Indians have a deep pitching staff. They have a strong pitching staff. So it's great to see you have so many good, good young guys like Aaron Savale and Zach Plezak. And then just with pitching too, it, it sucks because Manuel Classe will be out for the season. Uh, he was suspended 80 games for steroids. But the MLB, the one nice thing about it is that the MLB is going to let his 80-game suspension pass in this 60-game. So he'll be back for the start of next season. But pitching will be something that the Indians will have to keep a close eye on because you don't want to throw these guys' arms out. You don't want to get them hurt. Yeah, so pitching staff, like you mentioned, is very deep, though. Um, but we've had some history of injuries, and you just want to make sure that these guys are ready to go so the Indians have a good chance at uh, doing well in this, in this MLB restart. So last but not least, I do want to talk about the controversial side of this offseason with the whole name change. Uh, what, do you, what do you make of that, and do you think the Indians will end up changing the name? I, 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 I understand why people are opposed to the Indians' name, Jack. Obviously, Redskins is a lot more severe. Yeah, the, I would agree. Because I, you're, the team name is literally the color of a race's skin, which is just not okay. I don't know how they've gotten this long without changing their name. I think the Indians is less severe, like I said, again, like I understand why people want to change it, but I don't think that the Indians should change their name. I think it's fine. They did it to honor one of the first Native Americans who played baseball. They did it to honor him and his tribe. So I think that they did this for a good reason originally back in the early 1900s. And we got rid of Chief Wahoo. We stopped selling that stuff. I think it's fine, but... I think that eventually it will be changed, Jack. Uh, I mean, I, it's it's tough. I I don't think they're gonna change it because, look, I mean, I'm I'm on the side of like we wouldn't name our team after something we were like, like the Indians, like this whole mascot thing is ridiculous to me because it's not like we're naming ourselves the Cleveland dickheads. Like it's like you you name yourself after something you want to be like or that you respect, right? And like you said it was off after that the Native First American Native American player. Right. So and again, the Redskins I can understand how you can find take offense in that because especially with this the time that we're in, you know, any color of skin is will bring up conversation, but the Indians that's pretty general. Um I don't think they're going to change the name, especially in look, if they are going to change the name Y'all need to think of some better names than the Spiders or stuff like that, because that is jank, bro. The Cleveland Rockers or the Guardians or something? I swear if we change it to, like, some lame name, I'm going to be pissed. (laughs) I hope we don't change it to a lame name, but we'll see. I I can see the Indians sticking with the name for a couple more years, but I think it'll eventually go just because of the times that we are in, Jack. It might, but it's honestly sad, because, like, this is... These are all, like, the side effects of this. I honestly don't think... I mean, I could be wrong, right? Like, but are people really that offended by the name the Cleveland Indians? Like, I think this is just a side effect of all everything yeah, else going I, on. I mean, they are. 
like there's been protesters at opening day every year. Uh, and then you always have those drunk guys who are yelling, <laughs> they're like, it's a caricature, it's a caricature. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, it's a tough situation. It's a sticky situation. I'm personally hoping that we don't change it because I love our name. One name that I really wouldn't be mad with is Cleveland Tribe just because we're called the tribe. But I think, I it, wouldn't be mad with I think if they're going to change it, I think they're just going to go away from the whole yeah, I was gonna Indian say, though, thing. Yeah. If they're going to name it Cleveland Tribe, is that that much better? Like if you you're, know. Yeah, so... I don't know. Either way. Um, okay, and then last, we're going to move into some college football, specifically with Ohio State. Their workouts just got postponed, and there's been a huge COVID outbreak. It's not just Ohio State. College football programs across the nation have been getting hit, slammed with COVID, and I, I think there's a very likely chance that the season moves into the spring. Yeah, so Ohio State, the whole team, or most of the team, we don't know the exact numbers. They won't tell us the exact numbers. Got hit with a COVID outbreak, and they just postponed their uh, voluntary workouts. It's scary. Like, these are college kids. These are kids our age and younger than us, Jack. Like, they're sacrificing, like, their health and well-being to go play football, and they're not even paid for it. So it's a scary situation. And it's just leading me to believe that we're not going to see college football this fall. Yeah, and honestly, look, it, it sucks to a certain extent because, you know, you can't, a lot of big fans, you can't wait, right? But, like, at, this, at the end of the day, would it be the worst thing in the world if it got pushed back? You know that, you know, think about everything that would have to go on from a fan standpoint. There would be no fans at the games. There would be no... Like, it, it might honestly be for the better that this gets pushed back. I think it is for the better, Jack. Yeah. Like, for example, with Ohio State's schedule, week two, we're in Eugene, Oregon, but their governor said they're not going to have any games. With, like, it's just not going to happen. It's so just like, going to be a mess. Yeah. Right. Players would be getting sick. They would be out. Like, people would be missing from the teams. Mm-hmm. Like, it would probably end up only being conference games. If you push it back to the spring, most likely you could have a full season with maybe not all fans in the stadium but at least a limited yeah, capacity yeah, exactly yeah. exactly so i i think that's what it's looking more and more like the ivy league today just said that they're pushing all fall sports back to the spring and they said they don't even know about spring yet they said they're going to decide january 1st but it it's it's cool seeing that the ivy league did do that and i think that the other power conferences especially the power five will follow their lead yeah i would agree it's unfortunate but you got it's, it's, it's the, these right. kids health is the major concern exactly and we just, we still don't know the true long term effects if this could like potentially ruin a career right if uh-huh. someone gets seriously sick and has you know whatever complications issues, exactly it could be really bad so i i agree i think moving into the spring is likely what's going to happen uh, which is unfortunate but i can't wait to see our guys whenever we see them so All right and i think that actually wraps it up for us today it's a shorter episode but just wanted to run over a bunch of Cleveland sports stuff. Yeah, so we have some big things coming up. Hopefully in the future, a couple interviews. We'll, we'll be getting a lot more episodes out as soon as we can. And possibly even a jersey giveaway too. So Exactly. Be on the watch for that. If you don't follow us on Twitter and Instagram, it's at hottest underscore take pod. And we'll be doing all sorts of giveaways. We always interact with you, with you guys and fans. And any uh, we love sharing opinions and hearing from you guys. So give us a follow there. And that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah, thank you guys again. Thank you guys for supporting us and for being with us throughout this whole year. If you're new, we hope you're staying with us for a while now. And we're just really excited to start off year two. Exactly. Let's get it. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next show. And thank you to you guys if you made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports podcast. 
Today's intro beat was made by Big Bad Beats on YouTube. We'll have a link to it in the description. Make sure you all go give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the hottest underscore take pod. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our show. Also, make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again, y'all, and see you next time.